Hi there, welcome to the Simon Tumir podcast. We have a great guest this week, Tim Eady, what a fantastic musician. But before we get there, if you enjoy these podcasts, please support my patron, patron.com forward slash Simon Tumir, because these podcasts wouldn't happen without them. So Tim, what got you started playing? Oh my God, Simon. So, um, yeah, I, well, uh, well, I, I was, <laughs> I was going to say I started on piano, which I did until, but until I, that, when I saw Michael Biggins playing, I decided I would give up piano. <laughs> I've got my piano here, Simon. And where is it? It's, it's, it's here somewhere. And after seeing young Michael, I, Jesus, Simon, I just couldn't get over that. And, but I started playing piano. I actually started on piano. I mean, I've, I've, I'm completely self-taught, which I, is probably a curse more than a blessing. I mean, I've got terrible habits. But I, I do you know, some my I, apparently what I did was I, I mean I, I was probably four or five, and we you know we had a piano in the house. I I just used to play you know green sleeves and simple things, and we grew up on um, on a diet of um, of I, mostly Irish and Scottish folk music. You know, not so much English. I mean, we I, although I, you know I grew up in in the heart of Kent, which of course is a garden of England. It's not quite at the moment. It's more like the the parking the parking uh, the parking car park of England with Brexit <laughs> we won't talk about that uh, but um but you know what um I yeah I started playing Simon I piano and then piano accordion uh and and that was me and then a bit of whistle you know my mum's Irish so we, we we had um quite a lot of um Irish influence chieftains and very early silly you know silly wizard and Capricalian and then latterly uh, the journey took me to to the button accordion, uh, and Mr. Luke Daniels was one of my biggest mentors, and he still, I mean, he still is. And uh, and then I, of course, I was, I'm of the generation that remembers uh, when yourself and Katrina McDonald and and uh, you know uh, Luke and Ian Lothian, uh, you know, and who was the other one? The Jesus, the one of the Lakemans, Sean Lakeman. Oh yeah, you yeah. I mean, I've still got the tapes, you know, from Jim Lloyd. I've got all that. You know, that was my, that was my team. That was my growing up, like you know. Well, that's amazing. Uh, so, would you say, Tim, that <clears throat> trad music was your first love? Oh, absolutely, and it still is. It still is. Uh, I mean, I, I, it, it's really funny, Simon. I, I, whenever I mean, like, like you mentioned there, is, is anybody else going mad? And you know, I, I've been feeling like that. I must admit, I've. I've one thing I've been feeling, and it's a very weird sort of feeling, it's probably something that maybe you can relate to as well, or maybe people listening, but as a musician, as a, as a whether you're playing, you know, uh, professionally or just for fun or whatever, it doesn't matter. But one thing we're used to, of course, is sharing our music, right? You know, we, we, we you know, and, and yet the past year and, and a month, you know, I've literally been sitting in this chair, probably like, like yourself, you know, just playing on my own. And trying to come up with with creative stuff, and it's really hard. It's really difficult. And uh, I I think now I'm coming to my sort of um, I, I've realised that I've got to step back a little bit and maybe just chill out a bit because I'm I'm, I'm expecting too much of my own my own musical brain. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, I, I, I do I, understand that, Tim. I mean, because oh, you more than most actually have oh, have never stopped. No, I, I haven't, um, and I I must admit, some it's a funny thing this, and um you know and, and it's quite a you know I, I I have a big interest in 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 sort of psychology, mental health, and um I'm not somebody who's immune to it. I've I've had my my anxieties for years. It's no it's no secret that, um you know and but I mean I've always I've always managed to deal with it. You know, uh, luckily, uh, but certainly what I find is just like oh my god, you just 
I think it's this thing like, you know, I'd love to drive, say, tomorrow to Fort William, right, just to see Ben Nevis. But I'm not allowed. I'm not allowed to go. And I feel like, you know, it just really does get to you, doesn't it, after a while? It really, really gets to you. But I want to um, ask you about when you started on the guitar. Yes. Yes, I have it right here. <laughs> um, <coughs> so the guitar summon is a, probably the funny one. Um, so I was a box player, you know, for many years, uh, played a bit of played a bit of everything i mean i well a bit of trumpet a bit of bit of whistle a bit of some piano i mean i still play piano uh, uh even after watching michael Biggins. jesus he's unbelievable but so my guitar uh so that's an interesting one uh i the, the primary reason i started playing guitar uh i mean when i was maybe when i was a kid I, you know i i have memories of, of of maybe just playing a d chord my dad's a guitarist i mean he's not he's not a professional guitar player he could have been but he's um, he he's a massive fan of of Django Reinhardt. So, what you'd call him is you know we we, we sort of grew up in a in a household where uh, Django and Celtic music was like the the biggest thing. And so um, I I dabbled in guitar, but I never really I never really got beyond playing a couple of chords. Dad probably showed me a D chord and a you know a C seven and whatever. And anyway, then when I was about. Um, when I was about 15, 16, I think I was 15, uh, I went to London to see, we'd heard about this guitar player from Ireland called Steve Cooney. Uh, in fact, I'd heard about him uh, through Michael McGoldrick, a very young Michael McGoldrick. Uh, I, I, I got to know Mike uh, when I was about 14, uh, and he sort of took me under his wing. And uh, and through Mike, I, I, I met Ed Boyd. Do you remember from Fluke, of course, great guitar player. And Ed Ed was playing in this dadgad tuning, which I, I I found fascinating, but I didn't I didn't really understand it because you know there, there were not it wasn't um, YouTube and and everything was not um, was not on then. <laughs> so anyway, cut a long story short, Ed uh, and Mike gave me all these records, uh, and and another friend in Kent gave me this record of Sharon Shannon, and Sharon's guitar player was Steve Cooney, this Australian guy, and who I'm, you know Steve of course. And, uh, and I heard this, you know, and, and I, I couldn't believe it, Simon. I just heard this guitar style. And I thought, you know what? That's what I want to do. I, I knew. I just knew instantly. It was like a, it sounds bizarre, but it was honestly, it was like a, it was like some kind of awakening. It was bizarre. So tell anyway, me, Tim, what age was that? I, do you know what, Simon? I think I was 15. I think I was 15. I'm, just, I'm asking that because <clears throat> I know as a concertina player, I got my first concertina at 12, but I was playing yes. instruments yes. from the age of seven. And the yes. amount of work I put in yes. to get to the stage I was, uh, yes. which I would only have had time for in my teenage years. Yeah, yeah, I was the same. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's what I'm wondering because you're so good at the guitar. I was just wondering if if you started later or you started earlier. You know what, son? I I have memories, and, and it's really funny. What exactly what you said there is uh, is is exactly. Um, I would be like a carbon, almost like a, a you know a, a, a carbon copy of you. Uh, in the sense of that teenage years were spent literally I mean you were probably the same three four five six seven eight hours a day every day and I, I was lucky in the sense that uh, I was unlucky in the sense that I I left school when I was about 15 um, I, I, I had terrible I was bullied very badly at school and, and uh, um, I mean it's a long story but I my in the end I, I was I hadn't I had a nervous breakdown you know to be honest uh, and uh, I mean, I can laugh about it now, but it was it was a it was a harrowing time for my parents. I mean, I I didn't leave the house probably for about probably for about five months, 
I had agoraphobia, I had panic attacks. You know, at the time, of course, I was too young to, to understand any of this. I, you know, I was 15. And, uh, but what saved me was, was, uh, was the music, was, was listening to, genuinely, I can honestly say, I listened to Jim Lloyd's show every week. That's how I know about you guys and Luke and, you know. And then what happened was I started to get a little bit better. I, had, um, I just had a bit of um, talking therapy, you know, a child psychologist and all that. And I got better, and um, and I just I just literally went into a room, and I played the box for about two hours a day, and I played the guitar for about five hours a day, from the age of fifteen and a half onwards. And I spent the next three years, literally, just building up courage to, I suppose. I mean, I was doing little gigs in Kent, same as yourself in uh, in Scotland. You know, when you're forty, do the old barn dance and Kayleys, that kind of stuff. But my changing point with the guitar summon was a very interesting one. Uh, Dad had been obviously a huge influence, as had um, Ed Boyd and, and McGoldrick. They'd been a massive influence. But when I was 16, uh, we went up to London to see Seamus Begley and Steve Cooney playing live. And I got, well, I was so lucky after the gig, um, the people I was with took me up to the lads. And you know what musicians are like, they're still the same, very generous. And Steve took me under his wing, and so did Begley. And, and, and they said, God, you know when you're in ireland give us a ring and he gave me his landline and sure enough about two years later i went over to dingle and i met up with him and i that and hit and the rest is history and so but it was that gig summon it was honestly that gig which got me i never forget it the week after we ordered a nylon string guitar on the internet well not on the internet there was no internet but we, we we got it on my i think my dad got it from london and that was me that you know i was just obsessed and i learned to play the guitar pretty much what you hear me playing today everything i would say 80 percent of that i learned from from studying cooney in my bedroom i just used to watch him for hours and you know and and Django reinhardt i suppose was you know another one but um but yeah that's how i learned to play yeah that's amazing well we've got a video here of you i suppose doing what you do in yeah. many ways it's a it's a video of your new <laughs> channel it's entitled hoedown um, oh god and I love this video. I mean, it's fabulous. You're playing on two guitars and accordion. Oh, yeah. So let's have a listen to it.
have a new album coming out, don't you? I have. Oh my God, Simon! I've got a new album, and you'll laugh at the cover, Simon. Well, I know we can see it. Look, <laughs> <laughs> I got rhythm. Oh, Simon, this this was this is a lockdown album, Simon. This is this was all recorded right where I'm sitting here in this little. I call this is this is like Dad's corner. We live in this. We, we live in a. It's a. This will make you laugh, Simon. This will, this will make the listeners uh, laugh. <laughs> but Simon, this is a funny one. So uh, we uh, we moved back from. Uh, we were living in Northwest Donegal for 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 a few years, well, for uh, two and a half years, and we we decided to move back for for, for many reasons. Uh, but we moved back about uh, about two years ago, and uh, we we came back to Isabel's home village, which is a little village called Dunning, which is in Perthshire. It's not far from. Oh, it's only an hour from where you guys are. And uh, the only place we could get some, you know what Scotland's like in the villages. It's 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 you know there's not tons and tons of housing. It's uh, it's it's quite tough, you know renting and finding an affordable place and uh, anyway we got this gorgeous little uh, apartment and it's a cottage it's like a 400 year old cottage but it's upstairs so downstairs is the most patient man in the world because can you imagine living downstairs <laughs> from an accordion <laughs> player a guitar player and two young children i mean it's you couldn't you, you, i mean he's honestly I'm, I'm amazed he hasn't taken to the drink maybe he has <laughs> but but this album was recorded uh, literally at the start of lockdown. I just said, you know what, I'm going to do an album. And uh, but it's a little bit different, Simon. It, it's not. Um, I'm not sure it would be right to say that it's a trad album. It's 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 pretty much all the pieces that I that I love to play. Now there's quite a there's a few traditional pieces on it, but we've got it's all instrumentals of people like the Bee Gees, um, Stevie Wonder. Um, lots of the old um, jazz stuff you know from the 1920s and i've got um i got loads of virtual guests from from scotland and canada and and uh, where else goodness um england and uh, um i was going to say ireland i don't think there's any irish on it or no well mcgoldrick's on it but because he's in manchester and of course um, it was all put together uh, by this incredible uh, young fiddle player who uh, is in fact uh, a nephew of the late great gordon duncan uh, dave mcfarland dave is in perth and he's a he's a hot shot. Uh, oh, he's a genius, Simon. He, he, and I gave him this hard drive <laughs> of me playing these first takes. And God, he's put it all together. And he, you know, Natalie McMaster is on it, and and um, McGoldrick, Ross Ainsley, and the most amazing Patsy Reed, of course. Patsy did all the strings. She's incredible, Simon, isn't she? I mean, they're all incredible. But you know, I, I played uh, Patsy's strings to Natalie, and she couldn't believe it. You know, she. Uh, and then I told I told Patsy, I said, you. You're going to be on a track with uh, with Natalie McMaster, and she couldn't she couldn't believe it. <laughs> big fan of Natalie, you know. So I've introduced, you know, so people have developed new uh, new little friendships in this. Oh, that's good, and it's uh, going to be uh, available from timmyd.bandcamp.com. Yes, it's now it uh, a sl possibly a slight correction on that. It's 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 maybe timmyd.com because my do you know someone my bandcamp is is it, it is going to be up there but not for a few weeks but it's on my website it's on my website now which uh, is www.timed.com yeah oh, <laughs> and fantastic. i think it's it's it officially released in like early march but um, but the the, the um, i'm really excited for it. i'm i'm going to uh, i'm going to send you one down someone i i hope oh, you like exciting. it oh it's exciting well remember just send me a download link i don't do cd's anymore yes <laughs> <laughs> But so uh, I wanted to ask you about the Chieftains. Oh, yes. When did oh, you start working with the Chieftains? Oh, my goodness, Simon. So let's think about this. So about, uh, well, first of all, I mean, I, I was a, 
a mega fan from the age of eight. I, I saw them I saw them playing when I was twelve, and we grew up with their records from from the age of well, from an, yeah, from what I remember, I was I, I was seven or eight years old at my nan and granddad's house. They were both Irish, and uh, they lived in, in in England. They'd been there for thirty years, but of course, like all uh, like all expats, you know, yeah, yeah. You have all the albums that you love, and uh, I, I just, I was obsessed with them, Simon. I still am, and I first ever got the call. Uh, I think the first ever tour I did was the an English, an English and Scottish tour. Although, and sadly, we we only played one gig in Glasgow at the, I think it was at the the SEC. Uh, but that was about that was nearly ten years ago, uh, and uh, it was it was nine years ago, and. Uh, I never forget it, Simon. I, I I had a phone call from Paddy, uh, Paddy Maloney, and uh, and I thought it was somebody winding me up, you know, because I I mean I'd met the lads and I knew Matt Malloy for many years, you know, because I I'd played with Seamus Begley in in his pub. You've probably you probably know the pub, Simon, in in Westport, a famous pub. And uh, anyway, this this voice, you know, on the on the phone, it's, it's Paddy Maloney here, and. Uh, you know, I can't do the accent, but you can imagine. And uh, I thought it was someone winding me up. I thought it was McGoldrick, you know, one doing a prank call. You know, <laughs> would you would you be up for for playing? He said, you know. And I said, oh my god, I you know this is. I said, I, <laughs> I just I nearly died to be honest because they you know they literally are some and my, I mean they you know like like yourself when you were growing up uh, with maybe some of the the, the the bands, the Scottish and Irish bands. I mean they're you know they they were like my well they were like um, status quo to me. You know they were they were. They were like the the guys, and uh, anyway, about three weeks later, I met them in London, and that was it. And then I I did about oh god, I did I did every tour of America for about four years, uh, and of course, Aleph McCormick, you remember Aleph? Aleph is sing is a singer, of course, and uh, Aleph was uh, oh she's amazing, and and then I stopped doing the American tours sadly um, because of my my nerves. I I, I found the flights. Um, I, I mean, nothing to do with the music and the, the tour of Simon. I, I, I never forget the first time I turned down the American tour after doing it for four years. I was, I was, I was nearly in tears because you know I wanted to do it. I desperately wanted to do it, but my unfortunately at the time my nerves. I, I just needed to be in one place. You know what I mean? I just, I just couldn't cope with the flying because the band, uh, the band would do quite a lot of flying. I mean, you'd be flying every. Oh God! You'd be flying every every three or four days. They don't do the long drives, you know. They 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 they've been in the you know they've been in the business a long time, and you know Paddy. Yeah, no, he, you know he likes to. He, I mean, he will do the drives, but you know he's he's eighty one, you know. So I mean, he deserves he deserves to get on an airplane. And so anyway, uh, I still did the European stuff. So I did Spain. I did, and then and then uh, he twisted my arm. Uh, we went to China, um, and I did I did I did six six weeks in China. And six weeks in Japan with them. Oh, Simon, that was about four years ago. And then since then, I've done. Um, I didn't do any American stuff, but I I did all the UK and Irish, you know, all the European shows. But of course, sadly, um, when COVID hit, they were in the middle of a of an American tour, and I was meant to fly out to meet them. Uh, I think I was meant to meet them in Canada, and of course, everything was cancelled. You know, so it's just oh, and well, the big question. Let's yeah. let's watch you playing with them. Not that you're very much in the shot. You're in the back oh. row. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is a Jules Holland, which is oh my god, pretty yeah. cool in itself. I have to say. So oh let's have god. a watch of that.
Martin that was Rhiannon Giddens that was singing there. Yeah. Oh, Simon, she's tremendous. She, she, she's um, God, she's made a big name for herself. She, she, she was tremendous. And uh, and that band, I think it's Carolina Chocolate Drops. They, they were kind of a bluegrassy old time band. And that was that was that was such. Oh my God, that was what I love about the Chieftains. You know, Simon is, um, they, they, you know, the fusing of of all the the world music. They, 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 he, you know, you've got to give him, we have to give him credit for that because, you know, I mean, he was the first guy, I think, ever to do Celtic and Chinese music, you know. To, it's yeah. Him and Paul he, Simon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He's unbelievable. So, um, what was it like being on Jules Holland? Oh, Simon, I, 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 I loved it. I mean, I, I, I've been lucky. I've done, um, how many, I did it. Did it ever done it twice? I did it with Brendan Power, the movie, you know, the movie play. Uh, God, Simon, that was a story there. That in fact, you can anybody watching, you can if you Google. I think if you Google Brendan Power, Jules Holland, it comes up. And uh, we we played, but I I had a car crash that day, and uh, and I I'd really hurt my. I was driving an old Volkswagen Polo. I had no no ABS. It was this was like twenty years ago, and uh, and and I really hurt my rib cage. And you know, uh, I I was Jesus Simon. I was coughing up blood in Jules Holland's dressing room, and Ringo Starr. Ringo was there. I, I met Ringo Starr, and uh, I, I remember him saying, "You know, how are you doing?" And I was like, "Well, I'm I'm really, really, <laughs> really in pain." And then Brendan, you know, Brendan was walking around the, the studio with this harmonica and playing all this crazy stuff. And uh, and I take actually, I've got a great story which I probably um, I'm not sure I should say on air, but uh, it involves a band called the Manic Street Preachers, who of course are a very famous band. Uh, but I <laughs> I was uh, yes, I let's say I, I ran out of plectrums, and uh, and I was endeavouring to uh, to go and ask uh, their lead guitar player could I borrow some, but it, it didn't seem appropriate at the time. <laughs> That's a true story. Um, I, I won't go into all the details. I'll, I'll probably be sued. But uh, but no, they were very they were very nice about it. They were. But um, but God, Simon, I, I think about one thing. I don't know about you, Simon, but in this lockdown, uh, I, I've been thinking about all the things that, as musicians, Simon, aren't we so lucky to have done these things? All of us, we're so lucky. You know, you think about Celtic connections, and I, I mean, I remember the for the, one of my first ever times meeting Donald Shaw in Glasgow. You know, I'd never been to Glasgow, and I remember he picked me up at Buchanan, and I just, I just got off a bus, you know. And Charlie McCarran, I did, Charlie told me to get on a bus and come to, <laughs> come to Glasgow. So I did. I, when Charlie McCarran tells you to do something, you do it, right? <laughs> and so I did. And Donald picked me up, and he picked me up in this old Fiesta, and uh, we drove around, um, we drove around Glasgow. He gave me a bit of a tour, and then we went to Kelvin Grove. You remember where they had the old um, secret music? Uh, and that that must be twenty that must be twenty years ago, and I was thinking all these experiences. I mean, I, I you know if I died tomorrow, I'd die a happy man because I I've been so lucky to to be, I've I've really God Simon, it's wonderful. I just, I just love it. Uh, it's so sad that we're not doing all this now, but we'll we, be you know, back. We'll be back, Tim. Have you found that Simon? Have you found in lockdown remembering certain tours that you did? You know, ten twenty years ago. You know, you just you just think of this, don't you? You know. <laughs> I know, but we'll be back there before we yes. know it, before we yes. know it. Now, talking of lockdown, I mean, you've been very busy, as we said. I, <laughs> I've actually saw you, which I hadn't really seen before, uh, because the amount of videos, is using a loop pedal. And yes. I'm really interested in I've never, ever done it, but I think you do a great job of it. Did, where did you start yeah. thinking about that? Okay, so do you know what, Simon, I... I I always say give you 
I've always been a, a person who 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 always is the first person to 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 give to credit you know wherever I learned or copied something and do you know where I learned that was Brendan Power Brendan we we toured together for oh goodness me for for a long time seven years together uh until we drove each other mad and we're still be- we're be- <laughs> we're best buddies but the reason we stopped playing was because uh we 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 used to stay in premier inn you know travel travel lodges and and sometimes i'd play my melodeon at a terrible time on unearthly times of the morning and wake him up you know and then he'd play his harmonica at like seven in the morning and you know it was and sometimes we were sharing you know you were in like a, a little room you know and uh, and so we thought, you know what? Let's just have a little break. And uh, but uh, but we're good. We're still we're still good buddies. But the loop pedal, Simon. So Brendan, uh, Brendan started using this loop pedal a long time ago. I think about I think about twelve years ago. He had a very early one. Around the time, I guess you remember Katie Tunstall, of course, was one of the famous. Uh, she was one of the first persons I ever saw do it. Um, way, way before any of your, um, you know, Ed Sheeran's and all that kind of. You know, I mean, he's brilliant. He's amazing at it. But Brendan taught me uh, just to do a basic version of it. And for anybody listening who's never tried it, uh, if you're like me and you know you play the, the you play a melody instrument and a bit of accompaniment, oh Simon, it's 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 just so much fun uh, because you know for me when when I stopped um, uh, touring with Brendan, you know Brendan and me decided to take a break, and and suddenly I was pretty much. I guess forced into into doing a solo show. I mean, I had I had literally had no choice because I the Chiefs were only doing you know one or two tours a year, and that was that was tremendous. But you know you you had to keep busy, and so Brennan said he said why don't you play on your own and just you know and I did and and uh, and so uh, what I did was uh, I I just put some guitar down and then I pick up the melodeon, and I mean what I do Simon is very very um, very. Uh, um, it's basic looping. It's it's you know if you if you look at Katie Tunstall, I mean she's you know she's doing some pretty complex you know the microphone and the you know the, all that stuff. And I I'm, I can't really do all that stuff. But but what I do is it's simple, it's effective, and it and it and it and it very rarely goes wrong. <laughs> well, we're going to have a, a watch a, a a video of you doing it, and I, I'm not going to let you say anything. But actually, I think what you do is really considered. And tasteful and very Ooh. musical. Oh and, my god! Uh, and, and you'll see that from this. And it's just, one of my favourite bits of this is you've got a key change at the end of it. Oh and I totally god. love. I love a good key change, a subtle key change. So let's <laughs> have a watch of this.
<laughs> that's beautiful. And uh, I mean, it's. I think that's how a loop pedal should be used. It's just part of it. It's quite simple. I mean, all I'm doing there for anybody uh, whoever wants to try this, if you're at home and you've got a loop pedal, I mean, you can buy them now for like 25 quid, you know, uh, on, on, on eBay. Uh, and all you do is, you know, it's all about timing. I mean, I mean, what I did there was pretty, quite, a, quite simple. You know, I just played that tune. Then I looped the melody and I played some harmonies. Uh, the, the big problem is if it ever goes wrong on stage, which it does, and I, I bloopers, absolute bloopers. One time I was supporting, <laughs> I was supporting Kate Rusby on my own. Uh, I think it was in Whitby or in, um, I can't remember where it was. It was somewhere in England. And I was really nervous because, you know, Kate Rusby is a big name. And I was, you know, I, I had to go on on my own for half an hour. Anyway, <laughs> I did this loop and everything was going great. <laughs> and then the, the the power stopped, you know, the, the battery. I think I had like cheap, cheap batteries, you know, the, you know, the kind of ever-ready battery. Three million uh, for one pounds. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And uh, and then they leak over your hands. You've got oh jeez, gotta be really careful. And Simon, the damn thing, you know, she was. I remember her and Damien O'Kane were at the side of the stage, you know, watching my gig, and I, that made me even more nervous. But I mean, I was honoured. I was honoured they were watching. But the the damn loop pedal suddenly turned up. I was like, oh my god, this is horrendous. <laughs> but I managed to salvage it because you know you you. But but everybody should try looping. It's so much fun. So much fun. Um, so Tim, <laughs> when did you first meet the guys from Session A Nine? Oh. Oh Simon, uh, this is a another um, another moment. Well, yeah, I, you know, in my life, I think I've had a couple of events where I've met I've met my heroes and and Kepikeli, right? Like so many Scottish uh, uh, people, and well, not just, Jesus, not just Scottish people, people all over the world. You know, listening to Kepikeli, I had Crosswinds, I had uh, you know Secret People, I had all the classic albums, right? And uh, I was a massive fan. I mean, Donald Shaw is still one of my favourite keyboard players producers you know and uh and we won't even talk about karen <laughs> but, uh, but charlie mccarran um I, I i got asked to in 2001 i got asked to go to spain with michael mcgoldrick uh, for about two weeks and uh john joe kelly was meant to do the gig as well but he missed the flight that's it we won't go into that but that was still but uh and uh anyway so Jimmy Higgins, who's a barrel player from Ireland, uh, myself and Jimmy and, and McGoldrick, we set out from Dublin uh, and we, were, we went to Ortiguera. You've probably been there, Simon, you know, in Galicia. And, of course, McGoldrick had, had been in Capricelli, I suppose, two or three years. Um, and Fred Morrison had just left, I believe. And uh, anyway, and we were supporting Capricelli as the Michael McGoldrick trio. And that's the first night that I got to meet Charlie McCarran. Well, Simon, we met backstage and we, you know, when you meet a musician and you, I, I don't know what it was. We just both, we, we just, we just, do you know what? We just bonded. We just bonded because, I mean, I was a huge fan of his music, but, you know, meeting him and he's such a lovely guy, isn't he? He's such a, you know, he's, he's such a, he, well, he, do you know what? He's one of the good guys. Let's be honest. He's one of the good guys. And he said, he said, God, he said, I'm putting a band together in Scotland. Do you want to join? <laughs> and I said, I said, you're kidding me. I said, you you know, honestly, Simon, I, I was ecstatic. Um, and I, you know, I wasn't even drinking then. I mean, I barely drink now. But I was I was like a child and a sweet child. I said, you're kidding me, child. He said, no, he said, get up, come up to Glasgow. Uh, he gave me his number. Uh, and I, about a month later, I got a bus. Donald picked me up. He was in the studio with Kat McKayley, And then we drove up to Aviemore. Chris Drever was the first time I ever met Chris Drever. 
Chris, this was before Chris was, uh, I suppose, before he was famous. And uh, we spent about four days. It was Duncan Chisholm, uh, Gordon Gunn, uh, Kevin Henderson. No, Jesus, Kevin was No, Simon, Kevin wasn't in the band then. It was, um, Adam? It was um, Adam, Adam, Brian McAlpine, Chris Drever, and Duncan Chisholm. That's what it was. <laughs> and we stayed for two weeks and we did a tour of the North. And then Gordon had to pull out because i think his partner jillian had a baby and you know obviously he had to go <laughs> he had to go to that and then i spent oh summer i spent um god i spent how many maybe five years playing with him and he was one of the reasons of course i moved to scotland because you know i met isabel um because of uh because of the band because we played at the the gordon duncan memorial concert so that's where i met ross ainsley that's where i met uh, Jarliff Henderson, uh, that's where I met Isabel, that's where I met everybody. You know, and that's so, uh, a really good... Uh, I know what you're thinking there, Tim, because actually you're bringing me to the next video because you mentioned Ross Ainsley. Oh, yes. And <laughs> I know he's a very good pal of yours. He and really is. We've actually yeah. got a video of you and him playing. I think it's possibly at the Fruit Market uh, oh, Celtic geez. Connections. It's yeah. You... Uh, you, Ross, and another guitar player who I couldn't find out his yes. name. Peter, Peter Gazy. Yes, that's He's right. He's a great player as well. Uh, Jesus. Simon, this was this was a gig. And this, oh, Simon, this was a mad gig. Uh, D Donald, uh, I, w I was at Coda Connections and I was doing a gig with Pete Gazy, the, the guitar player. He's an English guitar player. Beautiful, beautiful guitar player. And uh, anyway, Donald rang me up and he says... Uh, this was, he rang me up at like, um, I think it was like, you know, one in the afternoon. And he says, he says, what are you doing tonight? And I said, oh, we're not we're doing anything. He said, do you, he said, do you want to support Solace? You know, the Seamus Egan. And I said, holy God. I said, oh, Jesus, do I want to do it? Of course, I'm coming there now. <laughs> Simon, I got in a taxi, you know, I mean, and we went to the fruit market. And uh, and, and Ross, uh, I, he said, you know, you, you, we've got a little bit of, 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 of a budget. You're allowed to have a third person. So I said, Christ, I said, I have to ask Ross. And do you know what, Simon? Ross had never played. I don't think we'd ever played. We never rehearsed that. We, we, we just literally went up and we just did the gig. And, uh, and he, he's an incredible player, isn't he? God almighty. He's a, and not many people know this, but uh, he's a tremendous chef, you know. If you ever oh, get a absolutely. chance. Oh, Jesus, Simon. He, I mean, he could open a restaurant, right? You know, I said to him in well, COVID, you know, he, he, <laughs> but, uh, but sorry, I shall stop talking. We'll look at the SE. Uh, Let's watch <laughs> the video. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 